0: Hello, my name is Claire, and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. So, hello, everybody! Welcome back. Welcome to episode seven of the podcast. I can't believe I'm at episode seven already. It seems to have uh, gone really fast. Actually, I still have lots of episodes planned and lots of ideas of episodes. Um, I can make but please if you do have anything that you would like to listen to and that you would like me to talk about please do get in touch um, via my website or my Instagram which is at the underscore nurture underscore nest. The Nurture Nest was taken Um, so please do get in contact and let me know. Today's episode I'm really really pleased to welcome on another guest and it is actually a dad so a slightly different perspective Um, but he is coming on to have a chat about how hypnobirthing helped him prepare and helped him during the birth of his daughter Heidi who was born six weeks ago so it's still very fresh and she's still very little still but first time round for their son who's two they didn't do hypnobirthing and so I was interested to find out a bit about why they chose to do hypnobirthing second time and what sort of difference it made to their experience and to his experience in particular being a birth partner. So my previous episode, episode six, was all about birth partners and how important they are and so this is a really nice follow-on to actually chat to somebody who has that perspective and can talk about their, their experience basically of how hypnobirthing helped them. So without further ado I will play the episode for you. So hello and welcome to Jim. Hello. Thank you for coming on and being a guest on the podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> so a little bit of background um, about how we know each other. We are firstly cousins, <laughs> yeah. so probably the most important way we know each other. Cousins, um, grew up together and also the reason we're here is because Jim is a client. So you and your lovely wife Anna came and did a hypnobirthing course with me for their second baby. So you have two children. Yeah. Harry, who is...
1: Is two and a half. Two and a half. And Heidi, who is almost six weeks.
0: Six weeks. Wow. So with Harry, you didn't do hypnobirthing. You went the NCT route.
1: Yeah. It was kind of all we we knew at the time, I think. Um, we'd heard a bit about hypnobirthing, but we, we felt that NCT was, was a good start. Um, yeah. and it was like it was great we met lots of nice couples and Anna's still friendly with lots of those people now and yeah it was good.
0: So tell me briefly about Harry's birth and what made you from your experience as a birth partner with his birth what made you then want to do hypnobirthing second time?
1: Harry's birth was quite an, an experience I suppose um, it felt very from my perspective um, you know way more for Anna but it felt very long it felt very uh, difficult, I suppose, in mm-hmm. a way, that there was a lot of effort and, and stuff, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with, with the NCT thing, we felt prepared. We, we had a plan of what we wanted to do and all the kind of things we were coping mechanisms and things we were going to try and do, we had mapped out and stuff. And I think the way that it eventually went as we, we had a hospital birth and it it all sort of went out the window fairly quickly that we didn't do a lot of what we thought we would do and it didn't right. go the way we thought it would. Yeah, And Anna was saying actually yesterday that the, the whole event just happened to us as opposed to us planning through it and
0: And you hear that a lot actually with things like that is that a lot of people feel like it's something that just happens to them and that they don't have any real control over it yeah um which obviously you don't really have control over it but it's good to be able to get some control over your mind Mm. um and how you approach it i suppose so you obviously were prepared and you prepared yourself for it but i guess first time as well you know nobody really knows what to expect And so perhaps that's why yet the plan kind of went out the window, really.
1: Yeah, I mean certainly once the contractions started, I think that was the the point where it was just so kind of what's the word like encompassing, I suppose that we, we didn't have the right plan I suppose to cope with those to be able to do anything else
0: I see yeah so the
1: you know the massaging and the bouncing on the ball and yeah and the music and stuff it didn't ever happen because it was all you know that just took over
0: you're trying to I suppose like play catch-up aren't you if it's all happening you don't get a chance to just breathe and think what how can I approach this because it's happening to you so you don't get that chance to to think about it during it. Yeah. How did you feel, so after his birth, how did you feel afterwards, you know, as from your point of view, from having witnessed it, you know, and obviously as a birth partner, sometimes um, you hear birth partners say they feel helpless and they don't know how to help and things like that. Did you Yeah, exactly that? that,
1: definitely. I mean, Anna did incredibly with it, but it was such a difficult thing to watch because it's all happening to, to her and she's doing mm-hmm. her absolute best to get through it, but... I felt useless I mean what I thought I was going to rely on to, to help it, it didn't really do a lot <laughs> so <laughs> you probably yeah probably did more than you think but I, yeah, yeah.
0: But from your point of view
1: yeah I, I, it just felt out of control I felt like it was Anna on her own, on her own doing it I didn't yeah. feel like I could do a lot to help
0: when you found out that you were having another baby did you did those feelings come back and you felt quite nervous about it yeah yeah Yeah.
1: I mean we were trying to we were determined to try and have a a different experience the second time around because I think we'd we'd been through what the route we thought we would take with the NCT and with Mm -hmm. the coping bits that we had and we were determined to try and do it differently because you hear all these stories and stuff and certainly after speaking to you about it about how different it can be and yeah the thought of i remember you saying that you 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 would look forward to giving birth again mm. and an, an enjoyable experience and i couldn't ever <laughs> picture how someone would feel like that from mm-hmm. our first experience
0: yeah. so that's what led you down the hypnobirthing route and mm. obviously i had uh, qualified as a teacher in that time between you and you had your two so it was kind of quite handy on your doorstep yeah how did hypnobirthing prepare you for Heidi's birth you personally as birth partner how did you feel did you in what way did you feel different um, in terms of how prepared you felt basically from when you did um, NCT
1: I think that the biggest thing was understanding the kind of physiology of what happens to the birthing person's <laughs> <laughs> body uh, to Anna's body yeah. you know, in our case you know, of exactly what happens what the pains are what the feelings are and the process and stuff yeah. which I mean, they go into bits of that with other bits and bits you can read, but it was much better explained, I suppose, with with Hitman Birthing. I understood more about it wasn't like an airy-fairy thing. It was a much more logical approach to it about how you can prepare yourself for it.
0: And that's actually, yeah, that's one of the main kind of hurdles with it is that a lot of people do think it's airy fairy and hippie and um, not that there's anything wrong with that but it isn't it's actually just very logical and actually I think a lot of birth partners in particular men because men are much more logical thinking and um, that's the bit where they you know when you learn all about the the muscles and the hormones and things like that that's the bit where they usually go oh okay yeah like I can get on board with this because it makes sense to me yeah. um, and so that's a really important part of the course and it's why we teach it in the first session as well so that it kind of Gets everyone on board, really. Also, did you feel like you kind of had more of a role after you learnt hypnobirthing? You know, because there are certain things that we teach birth partners to do. You know, like the relaxations and the light touch massage and things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we've, we found all of that useful with. Um, and the massaging thing, we didn't end up doing so much, but the, the yeah. visualisations and the breathing techniques and things like that. I kind of feel like my part on the, mm. at the time was to. Just keep reminding Anna about those. Is to keep saying about the breathing and the visualisations, and she would say that was the the most powerful thing that yeah. she had from it. Is just to, to keep that in mind. Amazing. And,
0: really and also the there's a lot of practice involved. So you both practice together, which is what makes you feel like a bit of a team. And yeah, yeah, the, like the, that.
1: the MP3s and stuff we had on um most nights, and yeah, the all the stuff that went with that was really good. It was it was nice to use that on the day as well. We mm-hmm. used some of the we had the mp3 on at the time and stuff though yeah, yeah it was all kind of familiar and, and and good
0: perfect okay so just briefly tell us about Heidi's birth because actually it's just a really lovely story
1: yeah I can't believe it's been six weeks already but I know. Um, it was it was so much different I mean we opted to to stay at home this mm-hmm. time which there was a bit of confusion with that because obviously yeah, Anna was high risk because uh, she has Crohn's so yeah. the consultant was really kind of firm about trying to make her have a hospital birth mm-hmm. and this sort of thing and and um, you used
0: your hypnobirthing to really kind of dive down into why the consultant was you know trying to encourage a hospital birth
1: yeah I, I, and I get why they would do that and I also see why we've we took the route that we did mm-hmm. um because it was better for us I think and yeah you know but Heidi's birth was totally different um the contractions started at night and then they kind of died down a bit and then um as the day went on it was about I think three or four pm in the afternoon that anna was walking around the garden she was having an ice cream <laughs> yeah you know, we were both yeah. relaxed we were kind of looking forward to it we knew what we were going to do um, It was so nice. yeah and then by about half past seven it started getting going a bit more and the contractions Anna was breathing through them and she was just sitting on a dining room chair in, <laughs> in the front room and um yeah she she coped really well with it she had no idea how far along she was how dilated she was and how yeah. close she was to actually giving birth um until the midwife turned up um about half past nine I think and then Heidi was born at twelve minutes past ten. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah.
0: And she was born in her in her sack.
1: Yeah, that was strange.
0: Which yeah. is, uh, it's called Uncool. Uncool. Right. <laughs> and it's very rare. Um but, you know, amazing and just shows that like how relaxed she must have been and how relaxed Heidi must have been and what a nice entrance into the world being born like
1: that yeah night and day compared to to how it went the first time round and it's something that we both look back on as it was an amazing experience as opposed to anything traumatic or difficult it was it was really good
0: and how like important is that to you know it's it's a day that you remember forever so how lovely that you have that memory of it now and that you can look back and think you know wow that was great and you could probably understand a bit more from when I was saying I would look forward to doing it again because it can be a really nice experience although you know it's still it's not necessarily easy and some you know still can involve pain as we know um some people don't though. some people don't experience pain but um you know it still can involve that and still it can be a nice experience
1: yeah it, it definitely was.
0: So you touched on it a bit um, just now, but your so your role for Heidi's birth was obviously you were at home. So I think when you're at home as well, it gives um, birth partner, um, in particular a dad, if they live there, um, you know, a bit of it's their space and they're so they're welcoming anybody that comes around into their space and you know they can make tea and things like that. I know um, my husband, he was you know on tea duty making everyone cups of tea, <laughs> so it gave him a bit of a role and blowing up the birth pool and filling that up and things like that which obviously if you're in hospital, it's a bit like you're on their turf. Yeah. Um, so you feel a bit like, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? So I think that gives you a bit more confidence anyway, because it's your space. But yeah, so you're, so that was a role for you. And what what else did you do? I know you said you were doing the um, the visualisations and things like that. Obviously, you were doing the birth pool. and
1: Yeah, um, I, did, I think what I really sort of took on as my role, I suppose, was... Reminding Anna about the visualizations and the breathing, so every time a mm-hmm. contraction would come and stuff, it was like, yeah, you know, this is one step closer towards yeah. the birth and that sort of thing. And to, to remember, I mean we had the, your words echoing our heads about the up sensation, about how yes. you know, the, the rising feeling and stuff. That's so and good. Anna said that was um, invaluable. you know, really? It was the one thing that she really used and focused on, and it and it helped.
0: That's great. That's really good.
1: So, yeah, I, I was just reminding her. I don't <laughs> Not that she <laughs> forgot, but yeah. yeah, that was what I latched onto.
0: And that. also, your you know, your voice is you know for her that's uh probably calming because you've practiced together and you know it brings her back to um you know feeling calm probably and confident as well how i mean you said you just said it was night and day to first time how did you can you put into words how you felt differently second time compared to first time
1: i mean the first time was uh was stressful um it was a really really long time it was really really difficult for for anna and and Anna's mum was there too I mean it was very difficult to see her go through that and then you get kind of thrown out the other side of it where you're back home you're absolutely exhausted yeah. and you're trying to you know scrabble to to get up to speed again I guess yeah, totally. um, and the second time it was it was it was relaxing it was amazing and it was I mean after three or four hours I think after Heidi had arrived we were back in bed uh, you yeah. know Anna wasn't anywhere near as stressed and stuff as she was the first time and fortunately she didn't need any pain relief the second time so the first time she had pethidine which um, I think helped a bit in a way but she didn't need that the second time she didn't feel it was it was necessary.
0: I remember her actually asking me not long before she was due because I know some hospital trusts can prescribe pethidine for you to have at home um, but actually our trust doesn't do that Um, but I said to her that actually being at home I think it takes away that need for it really you know it's one of those things that well if it's not there it's not an option so you don't think about it I think in hospital yeah, there's definitely more chance that you'd think well this is available this is available so I'll have it but at home I just don't think you even she probably didn't even think about it didn't cross her mind
1: no <laughs> um, definitely when you're in hospital as well and you've got a midwife there and they kind of list these options that you've got yeah. to go through you kind of almost feel obligated to do it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want the pool you want, yeah. you know, and you end up maybe doing it and you didn't need it
0: yeah exactly and I think definitely at home you know it's, it's not a choice so you just do it and she didn't have gas and air she didn't go in the water because there wasn't time and things sure. like that so yeah. you know those options they weren't there and they weren't necessary which is great what would you give what would your advice be to um, birth partners to maybe somebody who hasn't done it before And
1: um, I think if we were to do it again it would be I think preparing a bit for a bit of a plan B so we, we'd we'd always thought that Anna would be in the pool when she would mm-hmm. give birth and stuff and as it turns out, it, it all happened so quickly, and she she wasn't. It wasn't even halfway full by the time <laughs> Heidi came, um, and she ended up. Um, Heidi was arrived on the sofa, so mm. I think a bit of preparation my side. I should have thought more. <laughs> I ended up putting the the pool smack bang in the middle of the room, and it was just in the way the whole time. Um, and also preparing like you know the the sofa and stuff of having sheets on it. Yeah, my wife was a bit surprised Absolutely. that we hadn't done that. <laughs> was she really? Right, yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't I, we didn't think no. of this. so yeah that would be that would be it
0: yeah okay and what is what's the biggest thing you think that hypnobirthing's taught you is there, you know something?
1: yeah like understanding the mechanics of how your body works uh, and how it all how it actually does what it needs to do and also understanding the options that you get given so you, you know if you speak to a midwife or a consultant like we were is you get a very kind of clinical, medical approach to a, you know, one step after another. Um, unfortunately, I mean, with your advice of questioning what the consultant had, had suggested to us, it made us rethink completely about mm-hmm. actually what we wanted to do. And, and uh, I think if we just followed their advice, we'd have ended up in a hospital, we'd have, we'd have ended up with a much more clinical experience again. And fortunately, with hypnobirthing and more with what you go through with it, you understand all the options and you understand what you want to do as an ideal situation and then, you know, what whatever happens from there happens, I guess, but understanding it, I think, was was a huge thing.
0: Yeah, so many people don't realise that they have choices in things, Um, I think it's like 90% of people don't realise they have a choice Mm. when it comes to birth, so, you know, the um, consultant saying that to you about um, her perhaps need, you know, her advice would be that Anna should be in hospital. Um, A lot of people, well, the majority of people most probably, would have just said, oh, well, all right, all right. And then your experience would have been completely different. But actually, it wasn't necessary at all because your experience at home was so amazing that you were completely right to question her and to make that choice. Um, And that's what it's all about, really, is weighing up all the options and deciding on what's best for you. And that's what was best for you. And you totally nailed it. So... Yeah, and
1: the decision, it didn't, you know, once we'd aired it completely out to, to go through that, go down that route, it didn't feel like a risk, it didn't feel no. like we were going against good advice, it's just yeah. we
0: questioned it. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, yeah a lot of people don't do, unfortunately, but it's great that, that you did. And Yeah, I mean, it, it goes against, I guess, your, your gut reaction
1: to question someone that has all this experience and stuff, yeah. but you also have to remember that they're, they're trying to do the, the maybe the thing that's easier for them, in yeah. a way. Yeah, you know?
0: well, yeah, it, yeah not to yeah not to be cynical but yeah in a way and also their consultants are very medicalized so they only really see the medical emergency types of births sure so their immediate go-to is usually that side of things whereas obviously your i think anna's midwife was very supportive of you staying at home still
1: yeah dinky her name wasn't yeah she was um <laughs> she was great she was actually a hit my birthing um instructor as well i think Amazing. She'd, she'd been involved with it so she was she was great you know she turned up and she yeah you know she she understood our birth plan really well yeah
0: that's great. Yeah. that always helps um so you would definitely recommend no birthing
1: <laughs> yeah i couldn't say it enough it was it was such a different experience, and I wish we'd done it differently the first time round yeah um and yeah i would I would recommend it to anyone
0: perfect well, thank you you've answered all the questions really well, and hopefully. It's been really helpful for people and for people that are going to go along and be a birth partner, because actually hypnobirthing, it's for both. It's not just for um, mum having the baby. It's definitely helpful for everyone. And it's a skill that I think you can use a lot in just everyday life anyway, the breathing techniques and the questioning things. I think, you know, it's a great approach to have anyway to life in general. Um, So yes, thank you very much for coming on and chatting to us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you everybody for listening and I hope that you have found Jim's perspective on birth and doing hypnobirthing really helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions about birth partners or if you want to know any great books that you can read. I listed some actually in the description for last week's episode so have a look on there um, for some really great book recommendations. Next episode, um, episode eight, is going to actually be all about birth plans or birth preferences, as we tend to call them. I'm going to talk to you about why they're important and um, how you can make your own birth plan and why actually you should have more than one. You should have different sort of scenarios that could happen and what you want in those scenarios. So that's going to be next episode, which will be in two weeks time. And until then, goodbye.